You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode of the podcast. Uh, We've been off for several days. It's been a week since we published an episode. Uh, I was actually out of the country on a mission trip to the nation of Guatemala, working with an orphanage there. Um, But back in the saddle, back in Orlando, uh, recording. This is episode 111, and we're going to be diving into a really cool interview with one of my favorite guests, a guy by the name of Tony Marita. I actually had the chance to interview him on an old podcast I used to do. Some of you guys have maybe heard me talk about this in previous episodes. Uh, we used to do a show called the Inspiring Awesome Podcast, me and a buddy James of mine, and we, we interviewed Tony uh, as a guest on that podcast. It was absolutely fantastic content, and I just thought, got to bring Tony on, and it's a perfect fit uh, because, uh, you know, being that I've been in Guatemala working with kids that have been abused and orphans, in this interview, Tony's going to talk to us quite a bit about the importance of engaging in mercy ministries and and really engaging in global missions. I believe that every single Christian uh, is responsible to be a part of uh, helping and serving those that are less fortunate, those that are in need and going beyond the the borders of our own nation and really engaging internationally and globally. Tony's really going to challenge us uh, with that. So really, really excited. And then then just besides that, Tony's just a really smart dude. He's a cool cat, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy what he has to say. He is the founding pastor of Imago Dei Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. He also serves as an associate professor of preaching at Southeastern Baptist Seminary. Uh, one of the you know one of the premier seminaries in our nation. Tony is the author of several books and has a an incredible platform speaking, traveling, writing. Um, his most recent book uh, is a book that I would highly recommend everyone pick up. A book called Ordinary, and the subtitle is uh, How to Turn the World Upside Down. Uh, really, really worth the read. Uh, Tony, besides being a professor and a pastor, is also obviously a husband, and him and his wife have five adopted kids, and so he is passionate uh, about orphan care, and he puts his money where his, where his mouth is, uh, and so I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy uh, this episode. So without further ado, my interview with Tony Marita. We are on the line here with Tony Marita from Raleigh, North Carolina, and we are chatting here on the Skype hotline. And he's got a pretty great beard. Uh, I, I mean, I'm 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 feeling a little. I feel like I'm breaking the commandment. You know, do not covet. I'm feeling a little bit rising up inside of me. Um, no, in all seriousness, Tony, thank you so much, man, for you to take a few minutes out to, to invest in in me and my audience. It's a really really big deal. So yeah. thank you for being here. How you feeling, man? It's great to be with you and your beard as well, brother. Sweet. I, um, I, I, we had, as I mentioned in the intro, we've had Tony on a previous podcast and absolutely loved it. So I'm excited as him and I were going back and forth in email, uh, landed on a topic that it's, that's really, really important. Um, kind of want to t- dive into topics. What is mercy ministry and why does it matter? I think, I think a lot of people may under, I may have preconceived notions as to what that term means. Um, 
people talk about serving poor or the less fortunate or, or whatever, social justice. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings around this topic. And so I'm excited to give the, give the, the time to Tony and let him kind of just share, theologically speaking, biblically speaking, how do we as Christians approach this? So Tony, what does mercy ministry really mean, practically speaking, and why should me as a follower of Jesus, why should I care about this? Mm-hmm. It's a great question, um, and you're right. There are a lot of misconceptions, I think, about mercy ministry. Uh, there's a lot of assumptions. Um, when we're talking about mercy ministry, uh, if uh, just a bottom bottom line definition, I just look at it as, as living out the great commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, so mercy ministry is essentially that. Um, you remember the story of, of the Good Samaritan, and as Jesus was talking about that, you know, um, which one of these guys showed mercy? You know, like the the um, the justified person, the person that's received the mercy of God in salvation, should instinctively want to show mercy um, because we are recipients of God's great mercy. And so, mercy ministries could look like, it, you know, there are a number of expressions, number of ways for us to care for the the dying neighbor in our street, so to speak. You know, you've got everything from the homeless to orphans to, you know, victims of, of sex trafficking to the elderly. Um, the, the, um, the, the, the opportunities are endless, and we can't do it all as, as believers, but I think the question we should all be asking are questions like, what are my gifts, what are my passions, what are the needs in my particular area, uh, and, and how can I put uh, God's... Uh, mercy on display for a broken world in need, um, because we are indeed living in a broken world in so many ways. And so normally when I'm talking to our church about mercy ministry, uh, I talk to them about what are you already doing? Like, what's your vocation? What are your gifts? And how can you leverage what you're good at, what you're already doing for the good of those in need? You know, so for example, we've got a guy who did pig farming for 25 years, and never in his wildest imagination did he ever think he would be teaching orphans in Uganda how to pig farm, so that when they age out of this orphanage, they can have a livelihood. But this is what Jay has been doing. And so, when we talk about mercy ministry, sometimes it can be real kind of like it's in the clouds, you know, and we're just right. it's a theory. Um, but Jesus puts it on a person, you know, like who's going to help this dying man? And uh, so my interest, though, I try to teach theologically why we do mercy ministry. It's really for that end is that we're actually making a real impact on real people. You know, that's really cool. Just give me a quick 20 second story on Jay. Like, how does he do that? Does he go to Uganda regularly? <laughs> oh. or how does that work out? So, so Jay is uh, he's in his 50s. He's a deacon at our church. And we uh, we have a partnership with an orphan care ministry that works in a variety of places, including Uganda. And uh, we we work with local pastors in these areas. And the local pastors, you know, in some of these third world countries, do all sorts of things. I mean, they're they're caring for kids. They're on the street. They're trying to preach sermons. They're doing everything, you know. And so we brought Pastor Jeffrey over, and and Jeffrey went. Uh, small group to small group in our church, explaining his ministry, and it's basically these little cottage homes that has four or five orphans and like a, a house mom, and they have a little garden, you know, and a farm and whatnot. And he was basically just saying, like one pig can basically take care of an entire house, a little cottage, and if these kids can learn how to pig farm, it would it would really have great, you know, ramifications for sustainability and so on. And so 
you know, he wasn't looking for anything that was, you know, entrepreneurial and, you know, uh, highly educated, uh, you know, sophisticated. He needed a guy who could teach his kids how to raise a pig. And uh, Jay had been doing this for 25 plus years. And so he's in tears because he's he's just a servant anyway. And he'd never been overseas. We had to get him a passport. And, uh, you know, he went overseas and taught these kids how to pig farm. And uh, he, he just lit up. Uh, so he, he's, he's taken multiple trips now. And uh, I share this story a lot just because, again, it's, it's what a guy's already doing. I've seen this uh, uh, with catfish farmers in Nigeria who were able to go teach locals how to make a profit. You know, uh, it's just basic stuff. You know, if you're in nursing, how can you use your nursing to care for the least of these? If you're in education, how can you educate those who don't have access to education? Um, and what I try to emphasize with Mercy Ministry um, is what I would call gospel justice instead of social justice. It's like, how can, how can we be really intentional about um, ministering the gospel as we feed people, as we teach them how to farm? Um, I, I don't want to use Mercy Ministry as some bait and switch because I really do want to care for the neighbor you right. know, physically. And that alone is enough reason to go do it. You know? but, but as we have opportunities, I, I want us to make sure we're, we're also using the, those opportunities to love people holistically you know, because that's really what uh, Mercy Ministry and Gospel Proclamation are about. It's about loving the whole person. Um, and uh, when, when I talk about orphan care, I often say, you know, we're not really loving orphans like we ought if we're not really teaching them the gospel. Um, we're, we're, we, we do need to care for their body, you know, and their, and, and their physical needs. And I'll tell the others who are all about gospel proclamation, hey, we also need to just care for these people because right. some of them have to be in a state of mind where they can actually first hear the gospel. Um, and some are so crushed in spirit. I mean, they're uh, you, you just really need to care for them physically, get them to a position of, okay, let, we want to talk to you now about, about truth. Um, so anyway, we're, we're trying to do both. It's a challenge sometimes to do essentially the great commandment and the great commission at the same time. Right. You know, how do we make disciples by teaching and how do we love our neighbor well? So That's some really great stuff, man. The, I love the way you articulated it. A moment ago, you said, you know, Jesus puts it on the person and then you tell the story about Jay and then just kind of say like, how can each one of us really step in and doing this. I, I think sometimes I've heard people complain. I've probably have been guilty of this in the past as well. Uh, so I'm not saying it's just everyone else. But I've heard people complain like, well, the church should do this or the church should be doing this. You know, why isn't the church stepping in and helping the poor? And, I, and I, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'll, anytime I hear that, I'll now respond and say, yeah, the church should be. You are the church. <laughs> you right. as a human. And right. I love how you just said that. Like, it's, it's not the organization. And there's there's, there's mm -hmm. definitely moments where the organization can do things organizationally. Sure. Um, but let's not wait for that. Like me, Kenny, I can engage in some way or another. Absolutely. absolutely. You know, in Titus, at the end of the letter there, he tells Titus, urge your people to be devoted to good works. You know, he says to help cases of urgent need. And so, again, that, that's not necessarily an organization. That's not a program per se, though that is a great way to care for those in need. But it might just you're aware of urgent needs and you you instinctively are are trying to meet those needs as one who's received mercy from from God. Um, so, yeah, and those those needs are really all around us, man. Man, it's some really great stuff. So I encourage anyone listening to this uh, really, really challenge you to th do what Tony just said. Th consider what is what is do I have to offer? What what skill set or what resources do I have and how can I personally engage in, in 
demonstrating tangibly the mercy that, that Christ is demonstrating me. What a great thought process. I think there's no doubt any, every single one of us uh, mm-hmm. have resources and skill sets that we can bring to the table, some mm-hmm. more than others. But man, none of us are excluded from that opportunity mm-hmm. and challenge. Really, really cool thought. Yeah, and you know, an added piece to this is, uh, this is really, to me, one of the, re- this gives real meaning to our vocation. You know, like what what we're doing for a living. We're, we're not just providing for our family, though, though that's an important part of it. But, you know, I'll give one example of a need around the world is transitional assistance for orphans. You know, so many orphans are not adopted. Many of them are not ad- adoptable. Um, you know, they're not available for adoption in their country. And they'll age out of an orphanage at 18. And just thousands of these kids yeah. have nowhere to go. Uh, you know, we have four adopted kids from Ukraine, and I remember talking to locals there about what happens to these kids. And so many of them end up in prostitution. So many end up in a life of crime. <clears throat> and if a businessman would just go see and develop relationships, I've learned that the, the entrepreneur, the business types, the, the vision casters, they solve the problems. I almost just have to show them the problem. Like they just naturally solve problems. That's what they do, you know? And and I just I just think of the business guy I would say, hey man, yeah, make a lot of money. But but be thinking about how, how can you use your business savviness, you know, uh, elsewhere? How can you use it yeah. to create livelihood and sustainability? And so um, I, I just love seeing business guys get get lit up with Hey, I want to use my gifts, my ability to create wealth and create jobs and 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 so forth to to improve society and to help people flourish. I want to do that in places of great need. And uh, and those are the real heroes, you know. And when I was we we were in Ukraine for forty days when we were adopting kids. And there was a business guy from I think he was from Tampa. He came multiple times. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't in ministry. He just made a lot of money. He was a good business guy. Loved his church. Um, and he was just trying to improve the environment of the orphanage. He got to, he knew the kids by name, you know, and it was like this, I'm going to take care of you guys. And it just, it was really cool to see a guy take initiative and they loved him more than a missionary. You know, um, this guy was really making an impact. He was a missionary, but my point is you, you don't really have to leave a vocation. You need to leverage your vocation. Mm, that's good. And, and think about how can I, how can I use what I'm already doing uh, to really make an impact on this world? And to me, that's what gives real meaning to our work is, is uh, man, I, I can do this not just for my family, but also for the good of others. Man, that's so good. And, and, that, and that crosses over so many vocations. Like, mm-hmm. no, no matter what your job is, any, any, no matter what you do, you, you can bring that to the table. Absolutely. There's, there's some yeah, sports, sports is huge, you know, like uh, teaching kids, you know, basic skills, a new sport. I mean, so many countries, for example, don't have baseball. Like, and like it's a you roll, you put out some sporting equipment, you know, and the kids just start flowing. Um, education is huge, obviously, the medical field. But uh, agriculture, I mean, so much of, of, of the world is, is about farming, you know, and just sustainable life and so many countries are in need of just basic and so we've got you know big university here nc state a lot of folks in this general area that that know a lot about agriculture and i'm like man you can make a ton of impact in haiti and you know uganda and so on right super cool okay so practically speaking someone's listening to this saying okay i I think i'm on board I, i get it how where do i start like they're just driving on a car i don't even know what to do (laughs) <laughs> yeah. No, well, I would say um, Mercy Ministry, first of all, 
is not glamorous. You know, we're not talking about light shows and shock and awe and disappearing hobbits and, you know, <laughs> dancing chihuahuas. <laughs> we're, we're talking about giving a cup of cold water in, in Jesus's name. And, and Jesus says, uh, you'll be rewarded for that. You know, and in Luke 14, he's like, if you're going to have a party, invite the poor. And like, so you're going to have Monday night football game on, you know, or a 4th of July party, invite the poor, invite the marginalized. And he says, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And so what I love about the way Jesus describes mercy ministry is it doesn't look glamorous to the, to the world, but Jesus takes notice of it, you know, and, and he fills, fills up that little act with eternal significance. Right. Mm. And so what I would say is like, start small, but, but realize like the small isn't small in, in, in the grand scheme of things. The small is in, incredible. It's exceptional. Um, but we, we tend to want to, you know, eradicate poverty totally. You know, we, we have great ambition when we start into this sort of thing. And we just have to start, I think, with, with small ambitions, celebrate small victories, and, and learn that, that the Lord gives us, you know, increase. He gives us added responsibilities as, as we're faithful in the small things. And so I would probably just start with the immediate area, you know, where a person lives. I would, I would you know, check into the local school system, for example. I'm um, just throwing out examples of, of, of places where they, they always have need. You know, call your local foster care agency. Ask them what, what the needs are. If you have an after-school tutoring program, if, um, and then I would just ask the questions we, we've already raised. What, what are you already doing? And uh, begin to do some research um, and, and see uh, where the needs are and see how you can use you know, what you're already good at, what you're already doing. Um, and then, um, you know, as a church, uh, start with your small group. You know, if, you, if you're in a small group, like doing mercy ministry as a community, is is a lot of fun, um, and there's a lot of fulfillment and joy in that. And this can be very lonely work sometimes, very frustrating work. And so, uh, doing it in community is, I think, very important to keep it sustainable for us. Um, so I, I would I would start there. Um, just one side note or related note would be, like sometimes people that get into this sort of uh, these sort of ministries tend to uh, want their pastor to to really get on board and. And pastors have a gazillion things going on, and and sometimes um, the, we we can get very uh, excited about a mercy ministry, orphan care, or whatever, and we get mad at the leaders for not adopting yeah. it and having the same passion. And I get that to a degree, but like I would just say, be patient, you know, uh, be prayerful when it comes to a local church, and and just realize there's a whole lot of dynamics at play. Um, but you. Um, you you eventually do want that I think in your local church you sure. want to you want to have a culture of mercy ministry not just like a, a maverick ministry running by itself right you know you want to have like a whole culture of this and so sometimes it, it starts really small and it, it takes time to foster that kind of culture and if if you can just be a faithful humble servant in this regard respect your leadership maybe start with a small group with some friends like and do it unto the lord like you don't know how this is going to develop um and so that that would be my suggestion uh start somewhere every action counts you know anything you do in jesus's name is significant and and just ask him to to expand your ministry as as you continue to walk in faithfulness you know 
man, those are some really, really great thoughts. Uh, man, Tony, thank you so much for your thoughts on this. This is, this is really valuable. Uh, if someone's listening to this and they like, hey, man, I want to learn more. I want to read more. Give me some more resources. Help me more. How, what would you point them toward? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, I, I would point them to all my books. You know, they, they should buy several hundreds. Of That's those. right. Uh, they, <laughs> I, I have a book called Ordinary that uh, I have a chapter on orphan care, one on hospitality, a chapter on neighbor love, a chapter on advocacy. Um, it's a small little book. So I, I really would point them to that book just to kind of get their wheels turning. Um, a lot of my thought kind of flows from uh, Tim Keller, his, his book, Generous Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of these, I th- we, we try to do both gospel and mercy, you know, uh, word and deed. Um, Keller wrote one well before that book uh, called Ministries of Mercy that is kind of based on the Good Samaritan text and trying to flesh it out uh, in, in everyday ministry. So Keller on Mercy Ministry, Keller on Generous Justice. Um, and, um, you know, there are various books I would point them to on on adoption um, and um a book by Gary Haugen, um, who is the president of International Justice Mission, who um, recently wrote a book called The Locus Effect, which is basically a book that is talking about um, the, the reason for a lot of poverty around the world is so much violence. And there's there's not a lot of if the rule of law is not upheld in places, just injustice reigns. And um, so I would say anybody that's in that particular world of of law, of um of just a judicial process, like really look into to some of that. That's from the International Justice Mission. They do a lot of work related to um, representing the the poor and the oppressed. And um, so again, it really would depend in many ways on on the person. But maybe a starter book, I would say, would would be Keller's book, Generous Justice. Sweet. I'll make sure we have uh, all of those linked up on our website. So if you're listening to this, you can head over to TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. You can find the episode we've done with Tony Morita, and there will be links there to several books, including his book, Ordinary. Quick, quick, funny story. We had interviewed Tony for our previous podcast, as I mentioned in the intro to this episode, uh, Inspiring Awesome. And just a few days later, I was at a pastor's conference, and one of the books they were giving away to all of the pastors was Ordinary. And I, 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 I grab it, and I look, I go, oh, I, I just met this guy on Skype a couple days ago. He's actually a big deal. Uh, <laughs> and I remember telling someone, I, I know this guy. I was so excited. So I was at the uh, Acts 29 conference uh, right right before your book came out. They'd given away a bunch of copies. So That's cool, man. That's uh, cool. Super, super fun. Uh, hey, if someone listening to this wants to connect with you or just kind of wants to keep in touch with all things Tony Marita, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, I have a blog, but I never post anything, so um, <laughs> not sure, I'm not sure how helpful it is. Probably Twitter, that's the best way, so just my name, Tony Marita, T-O-N-Y-M-E-R-I-D-A. Awesome. We'll make sure we have that linked up on the show notes as well. Uh, man, Miss Marita, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for investing in the audience. This has been a blast. Uh, I think this is going to be really, really valuable, so thank you. Thank you, man. And there you have it, my interview with Tony Marita. Uh, just some really fantastic thoughts. I just want to really challenge every single person to really consider what are the things I'm already doing? What are the areas where I'm an expert? What are the, where are the areas where I have 
um, some some level of influence? Where are the areas that I can acquire resources? Or, or, or are there are there elements that I can offer? Or is there some sort of affluence or or, or something that I can do to to kind of really meet the needs of people? You know, whether it be locally meeting needs here in my own backyard, or really engaging internationally or globally. Uh, every single one of us have uh, opportunities to serve if we look for them. Every single one of us, in my opinion, from what I can see in Scripture, every single one of us have a mandate to be a part of engaging in mercy ministries, again, both here in our own backyard as well as across the globe. I love, love, love some of Tony's thoughts. I love some of the some of the, the stories he shared. And I think there's some real basic and simple things that all of us can do, all of us that are, that are ordinary folks, there, there are things that all of us can do uh, to somehow meet the needs of others and really tangibly demonstrate the gospel. So I want to highly, highly encourage every single person to really ask the question, what's my role? What what can I do? The question is not if I have a role. The question is how will I fulfill my role? What, what will be my part? I want to encourage every person to ask that question and to boldly and courageously really begin to engage in, in serving others uh, you know, all across the world. Uh, if you want a good starting point, pick up a copy of Tony's book, Ordinary. Uh, in addition to that, you can head over to our website, TheologyForTheRestOfUs.com. Check out this the, the show notes for this episode, uh, episode 111. And in the show notes, we'll have uh, several links to resources that Tony mentioned, as well as uh, some, uh, some others and some additional ones. Check that out. This will be some good starting points as to how you can begin to engage. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I sure hope this has been helpful and insightful and challenging and inspirational as you choose to engage in Mercy Ministries. If you have any questions or a topic that you'd like me to address on the podcast, or if you know someone that you think would make a great interview guest, please feel free to shoot me an email. The email address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Also, a reminder, you can find me on Twitter. I love to tweet, and I love connecting with people there, so please find me. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. Theology for the Rest of Us.